Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing well. Hope you guys had some self-care this Saturday. Hope you guys took care of yourself, um, decompressed from the stress. Hope you guys got some rest. But for those joining me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. Also, just to let you know, this is a live Q&A. So a lot of people about to join me live now, and they're going to ask a ton of questions. And my goal is utilize my expertise, experience, and exegetical ability from God's word to be able to make sense um, to a lot of these people's questions. So if you like, hey, man, I like that. Subscribe, hit the bell, because you never know when I'm going to go live. But for those who's watching, who's been rocking me, listening to me, watching me, whether it's been 13 or 14 years or 13 or 14 minutes, you've been a subscriber. I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But as everyone is joining me live, let me let you guys know about some things that I have, like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. It's a great book to help you process your feelings, to find the facts behind them so that you and get back to fulfilling the roles that God has for you in your life. So it's a great resource to help you process your feelings so that you won't get back uh, into, into fighting or anything like that negatively. Also, if you're looking to hold things better and you want to be whole, uh, whole enough for God to be able to help you uh, hold the important things like this journal will be a great resource to you as a part two to this book right here, The Purpose of Singleness. These two great resources will help you, this one for singles and the wholeness journals for singles and for those dating or married and all that good stuff for them to help them process um, where they are. And this book right here will help you find the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize. If you're looking for a resource to make sure that you and the one you're dating are on the same page, this is a great book um, to help you if you're single, not only to date yourself and date God so that you can become dateable so you can date the love of your life forever. But either way, it's a great book with a lot of questions to see if the relationship should end or extend or to see if you even ready to engage with anyone. This book right here is a great resource to help you process counterfeits. It lets you, it helps you uh, understand what it means to discern the things in your life. If you want to be in the will of God and be sensitive to the spirit of God to discern the things in life, great resource there. If you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, will be a great resource here. If you have children, uh, fourth grade and up, great book right here is our, my wife and I's cartoon characters. And if you want to learn more about spiritual warfare and, and the whole armor of God and how it works, this would be a good book here as well as merch. And if you want to support what I do online, you can give all the kind of stuff on my website, imamunplugged.com. Let's get into it. I think we have enough questions. Let's see here. Dominique, what's going on? Hope you're well. Thank you for joining me. My brother PTL says, hey, coach, is it wrong to keep things to yourself, especially with close friends? Since I'm an emotional guy, I do better keeping things to myself. Friends don't like that sometimes. Well, by my me knowing your personality and knowing uh, how you're wired, uh, we have a greater bandwidth than others. Personalities like yourself have greater bandwidth. They're a little bit more patient, kind, gentle. And unfortunately, as a rare individual, not too many people are able to go as deep as you. And it causes us to be a, a, get to a place of, of like, why? Why can't you rock with me like I rock with you? But that's why I keep a lot of things to myself, man, because I know a lot of people are not able to handle it. They don't have the capacity, shelf capacity to handle what comes off of my shelf, what comes out of myself. So there's nothing wrong with keeping things to yourself. Um, it's Well, it depends. I think it, it depends on a friend. If you have a friend that, that's desiring to help you, that wants to help you, I would communicate with them. I don't want uh, past experiences to hinder you from, from 
know, God sent individuals, right? She said, is it wrong to keep things to yourself, especially with close friends? Nothing wrong with that. But th that's why it's important to cultivate a relationship with God. I vent to God all the time. He's my best friend. He's He's my God, man. He's, he's everything to me, man. And I utilize my drives. I utilize time alone and really process what I would tend to process with a friend. I do with him because he says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friend. And I, and I utilize that. But as far as emotions, um, we, a lot of people can't handle, uh, uh, uh your emotions like that. And that's okay. That they, some people just don't have the capacity. He's, I do better keeping things to myself. Friends don't like that sometimes. Well, um, try them out. You never know who, who God has gifted you with. I would try them out. I would say, okay, man, listen, um, here's the reasons why I keep things to myself. And 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 maybe since you haven't had a lot of practice of divulging what's on your heart, give, to, give, give them what's on your heart piece by piece, bit by bit, uh, to see how much they can handle and go from there, my friend. But be led by the Spirit of God. The beautiful thing about this is that um, you have the Holy Spirit that you can engage into. Hey, coach, is it okay to love someone but dislike them? Well, love is deeper than like, but man, you got to ask yourself, why do you dislike them? Now, is it at times or is it just completely? So I need a little bit more info on that. Um, so it's okay to like, it's, uh, that's what, that's just all relationships, man. I don't always like my wife, but I love her. Like, like is based upon, is, is determined by growth. It's determined by moments, it's determined by emotional state. You're not going to always like the people that you love, but love is stronger than like, right? So it's definitely okay to love someone, but dislike them, but make sure that, that your dislike doesn't turn into deep rooted bitterness towards them. Forgive them as quickly as possible. Don't let the sun go down on your raft, get it off of your chest. That's what's best. And, and communicate with the individual on why you dislike them in that moment. Now, if it's a continuous dislike, and it's not like a husband or a wife, then, then you got to start creating some distance, giving you the opportunity to heal and not be so close enough for them to um, to hurt you. Right. And so uh, that's a lot of people, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, friends, a lot of people that we love, but we dislike them at times. So I need a little bit more clarity, Golden Christian, to see if it's if it's something like um, like you dislike them. Period. And if that's the case, then um, love them from a distance. Hope to help. Young New says, hey, coach, how are you? All's well. Thank you for asking. What's up? What's up, family? Uh, I am a valid. Thank you for joining us. <clears throat> Jojo Davis says, make sure my wife ain't calling. Let's see. Make sure she's good. Okay, so we're good. Uh, what's up, coaches? Jojo out of Fort Worth. Do you think you can change from being a liar and a cheat with women? Yeah, but you can't change on your own. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world. But B, let me scoot back some more. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by the mercies. It's because of God's mercy that we're able to do anything, right? Because his holiness has the right to dismantle and destroy all unholiness. But it's because of his mercy and what the son did on the cross that we have this, what comes from the cross, which follows the rest of this verse. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God for you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, meaning that I, that while I'm alive, I'm dying, that I'm dying while I'm living. And that's what increases my living ability and the life that permeates through me, right? So I have to sacrifice, die to myself daily, moment by moment, choosing to die to myself versus allowing myself, the negative side, to live, uh, uh, which, is, which is your reasonable service, which means like that's the least you can do. That's reasonable. 
to be a living sacrifice for someone that sacrificed for your life, who is Christ, right? And it says, be not conformed to this world, meaning don't be, don't turn into the contradictory form of the world, but be transformed, transitioned from the world's form into the Christ form, uh, um, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only way you can change through the Holy Spirit. You can't change you know, all the systems in the world can help you change for a moment, but you'll you'll clap right back uh, um, to something that you that you shouldn't be back in. Right. And so if you know that you have lying or cheating in your repertoire and your and your repetitions when dealing with the opposite sex, then you got to say, OK, God, what's deep inside of me that's got me vexed? What's deep inside of me that's causing me to lean in that way? Sometimes it's insecurity, sometimes it's ego, sometimes it's a lust or porn addiction. And you got to give that to the cross. You got to give that to the Holy Spirit of God and welcome the change. The Holy Spirit will then guide you to the systems to help you change. But it begins with dying. In, in order to live beyond this, you have to die to these different things. And the Holy Spirit will show you the root to those different things so that you can be a gift to a woman and not and not a, um, a detriment to one. Hope to help. Jody Real says, how to keep a marriage exciting? Great question. Many couples are married for 10 plus years and they are bored with each other. I don't want my marriage to become lifeless whenever I get married. Great. I can only speak from a four-year um, rookie. I'm still on my first contract rookie deal. Uh, I'm excited about the max deal that's coming my way. And I, and I hope my wife is willing to make that deal with me, but I'm sure she will because I'm pretty good at what I do by the help of God. But how do, do I keep my marriage exciting? You got to keep God at the forefront. The electricity is what makes things exciting. The electricity of the Holy Spirit, the vibe, the sensitivity, the engagement, the electricity that bursts when when this this uh, a body of clay uh, uh, ignites with the, the power of the Holy Spirit. The excitement of one's individualization of God will then permeate and bring excitement with the other vision. It begins with engaging and enjoying God on your own. Because then that's when the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you to how you can uniquely serve the one that you're with that will then begin to cover her, shelter her, um, steward her, excite her, and move her. So that's number one. Number one to keeping a marriage exciting is executing, and executing, but engaging with the Holy Spirit, causing that electricity, that, that electricity that births love, that births joy, that births peace, that births patience, See, that engagement. When I'm plugged into him, the electric circuit, then all of a sudden things will be circuit through me and the synergy between me and the Holy Spirit will produce that supernatural energy that will then flow into her being and then make her excited because I'm more loving than I could have ever been. I'm more joyful than I could have ever been. I'm more peaceful than I could have ever been. I'm more faithful. I'm more good. I'm more gentle. I'm more patient. I'm more self self-control because my intentional engagement with the Holy Spirit, that is what keeps it exciting because you're dying to yourself plugged into him that would then determine how you execute and, and inspire and motivate and ignite what's in her, right? And so a lot of the reason why many couples, 10, 5, whatever years, begin to fail in, in their marriage is because they have been disconnected from God. They forgot to make God number one and make God the center. That's why God gave us his spirit. So that we can always have that circuit of energy inside of us. But the more I see, the one thing is I cannot, it's not my responsibility to worry about her execution. I execute without expectation. That's what keeps it exciting. That I intentionally serve 
without explanation. I don't expect sex. I don't expect money. I don't expect the hug. I don't expect anything from her. I serve without expectation. And when she feels that, that grace, that mercy, that patience, that gentleness, that love without, li without limits, then it births something inside of her as well. That's number two. Number three, you got to know her love language. You got to say, okay, what, how, how does she like to be served? If she likes tea and I serve her coffee, it's not her fault that she didn't take a sip. It's my fault. I got to serve what's tailored to her. And the thing about us men, we got to be, in, we got to take initiative. And number two, we got to constantly die to ourselves, fam. Because we're the leaders. We set the tone. I, you can't expect the emotional weaker vessel, not weaker vessel in regards towards uh, ability. We're just talking about weaker vessel in regards to strength and log logistics and logical ability. That that if she's more emotional and tend to go by the wind because that's just how she's wired, then I got to set the tone. I got to think three or four moves ahead. I got to be able to be sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit to determine the, the climate, the culture, the flow of the marriage. So I can then make sure the carriage is straight. So that no matter where we go, we're a straight way. Right? So people get bored um, because, because they don't understand what God wants to do. And last but not least, what keeps uh, what's keeping my marriage I, from my vantage point excited is purpose. When you guys are in alignment and purpose and, and y'all have a goal for your marriage, a mission for your marriage, the reason why marriages begin to go up and down, just from my experience with counseling people, my experience with observing people, they have no mission. They have no vision. They have no goals. They have no dreams. They have nothing. All they care about is kids, dogs, and houses. That's fine. And cars and having couples events. That's cool. But what's the eternal mission for that vision of that marriage? See, it all boils down to that. My wife just got home. Okay. But yeah. And so the goal is, is to focus on dying to yourself and executing without expectation. Keep, keep the excitement between you and the Holy Spirit at a high level and you'll see your marriage go from level to level. Hope that. Yo, Mike, what's going on, guys? Give hope you well. Young and says how to better yourself and how to find the one. How to better yourself. You can only better what you know. So you can only better what you know. You got to get to know yourself. And the only way you can get to know yourself is through a personal relationship with God. The goal is not to know about God and all the facts and statistics of God. You want to know him personally. Because the more you know him, you he will begin to reveal to you how he has wired you. And so you got to look at yourself from the good, the bad, and the ugly. What's the good? What's the good that you offer? What's the bad in you? What's the ugly in you? And then begin to write that on a sheet of paper. I want you to get a sheet of paper. I want you to write three columns, the good traits of you, the bad traits of you, and the ugly traits of you. And then I want you to write, because when you see stuff on a black and white paper, you'll be like, man, I got a lot to grow in. And then begin to ask yourself, okay, where do I need to improve? Now, that's on one side. Another column that you can add on another column beside that is what you want in a significant other. So you got three columns for personal, good, bad, and ugly, right? Then you have three columns over here. I want, I want you to write in the right column everything you want in a man or a woman. Uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, whatever. I want you to write down all the things you want in that person. And on the, the first column, not the middle one, but the first column, I want you to write down all the things that you offer in comparison to that. So everything that you put over here, ask yourself, what do you have to offer to support that? So if you put that, I want a man of God, I want you to write on a scale of one to 10, how strong are you in your relationship with God? If you want a man or woman that prays, I want you to write down, how often do you pray? I want you to, everything that you wrote on this side about the one, I want you to write down to see if you match that one. And whatever areas you like, man, I 
I do not match closely or I don't and I'm close, but I'm not close where I need to be. That's what you work on and write that in the middle. So on the left side, on the right side of that three column, I want you to write down everything you want. Start with spiritual, then get to emotional and mental, then get to physical, then get to financial. And then I want you to write down match or don't match, match or don't match, match or don't match. And whatever you don't match, put in the middle column and that's what you work on. That's how you better yourself. But the goal is not to better yourself for your help. You Your goal is to better yourself to be not just a good help to the one you want, but the one that called you. And that's how you practice. You practice by the how you get better is by practicing the traits that are missing with the people and things around you. So practice on your job to be a better person with people skills, listening, whatever it is. Um, start working on your spiritual development. Start reading your word, letting the word read you. A lot of different things so that you can begin to gauge, hey, man, I'm not really ready for the one. Then that put that makes your singleness now valuable because when you see that you got a lot of work to do, then you will get the work if you really want that thing to work out for you and that one to work out for you. That's what I that's what I had to do. And that's whatever I tell everyone to do, because then when you if you spend your singleness crying for the one versus being developed for the one. Right. Then you're going to waste and you're going to get mad at God on why you're still single at 40. Why are you still single at 30? Why are you still single at 28? Whatever the number is. Why are you still single? Is The reason why you're still single is 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 a lot to do with you. And a lot to do uh, with God's will. Some people are ready to be married, but it's not God's time for them to be married. But a lot of people have no clue of where they are. You have to know where you are to see how far. You have to know where you are to see how far. If you don't know how, if you don't know where you are, how do you know how far you got to go? Some people think that they're two miles away from the one, but you're really 150 miles from the one. You think that you're a mile away from home, bringing it home, but you're really six, eight, nine, a hundred miles away. So in order to know how far you got to go, you got to know where you are now. And then you got to see where God has set the bar and then and then aim to get there in order to be ready to better yourself for the one that I'm, I'm guessing is where you asking your question for. Hope to help. Give me one second. All right, I'm back. I had to check on my wife. She gave me liberty to keep going. <laughs> gotta check in it is what it is says hey coach i'm a preacher but lately i've been caught up in a sin that i enjoy and i don't feel close to god let's start it over <clears throat> hey coach i'm a preacher but lately i've been caught up in a sin that i enjoy and i don't feel close to god i've been getting asked to preach preaching appointments, but I don't feel like I can. What should I do? Well, you got to begin to transfer your joy from what you are engaged in now and transferring to and transferring that into engaging in God. We are in the anointing business, my friend. I am no good without the anointing. I want to get to a level of anointing where the glory of God is felt whenever I speak. See, you don't want to be a talented preacher where you work on your craft versus being worked on at, by the craftsman who was Christ, right? And so some, a lot, a lot of preachers, what they do, be, because they're so talented, because they're so gifted, 
and and they and their gifting and their talent and their mindset is measured by the response of the people versus the response of God. They keep preaching while they're in sin because they feel like because I'm getting this response, then I must be doing something right. But the goal of the preacher is to make sure that we continue to compare ourselves to the one we are preaching on behalf, knowing that those who teach will be judged greater. See, that's what I told my students all the time. And, 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 and you know, the, uh, one, one of my, a couple of my students was like, man, why is your economics class more fun than the Bible class? I said, because I'm not going to be judged by how well I teach economics. I'm going to be judged by how I articulate the word of God. So the Bible class for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm funny and I'm engaging, but man, this is serious business. I got to make sure that I'm stewarding your souls. And so the best way, to get uncaught from the sin is to ask yourself, how did you get caught in? And, and the reason why you probably got caught in and preachers get caught in because we got carried away with the gift or we got carried away from the gift giver. And we made the gift more to us than we made the gift giver or we enjoy the sin. You can't win with sin. You got to ask yourself, what is the goal of my preaching? What are the desired outcomes of my preaching to make people shout, to make people scream out or to get demons out of them or destroy the yokes? And the anointing, not talent, is what destroys the yoke. And so if you're, if you're, the thing is, you don't feel close to God because your fellowship with your sin has distanced you, distanced your heart from in the Bible. We, we can't be, we are as close as God we can ever be because of his spirit. So it's in him that we live and move and have our being. Closeness doesn't mean proximity. Closest means relationship. Me and my wife can be in the same room and be miles apart. We're close in proximity, but far from personal connection. So close is based, is based upon fellowship. So you got to ask yourself, how did I get caught up? How did I get carried away? Am I too carried away to my gift? What, what systems have I caused lacking? Do I have accountability? Right? And I wouldn't preach until you, until you get that sin out of your life, fam. And what I mean by not preach, I'm just talking about, hey, man, you got to deal with that right now because you got to stand before God because you are a carrier of the gospel. And you don't want to preach a tainted word because while you're preaching, whatever the sin you're in is catching your eye more so than the wind that you want to bring within the individual that you're serving. So if it's a woman's situation and you're preaching, then how can you really preach the gospel of God through clarity and anointing when you when you see in knees and legs and skirts and you see in all these different things, it's going to distract you and it's going to destroy the your testimony if you get into a situation of preaching a game in a city like Miami, a city like LA, or it don't matter what city. And, and the enemy knows to, knows what type of women to bring into your proximity to cause you to fall, if that's the thing. Either way, whatever the sin is, he will bring it in to destroy the testimony of you and then affect the, the mental connection. And uh, like if you found out that I was in sin, y'all, if y'all found out that I was out here living an abominable life, it would disrupt people's faith in God because if it shouldn't be, it shouldn't, but it will. That's why I got to continue to stay on the stay, stay at the cross and stay with God and go deep in fellowship with God and not get distance because of the testimony. A lot of you all singleness is has been inspired because of my testimony. A lot of you all's uh, 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 marriage relationship is inspired by my wife and I's marital testimony. A lot, and I got to keep that testimony going because Christ is named. So what you got to do, you got to repent, fam. You got to turn away from that sin and see that sin for what it really is. This is what you do. Think three to five moves beyond that sin. 
What are the top five potential consequences that can birth out of that sin? What are the top three to five things you can lose if you keep engaging that sin? You got to determine a why for the reason why you shouldn't be in sin. And then you got to go back to your first love, fam. <clears throat> you got to get back to enjoying God, fam. You got to get back to say, okay, if, how am I going to enjoy this thing more than the one that created me? And I hope to help, fam. Yeah, man, we're in anointing business, man. <clears throat> Talent can get people to shout, but the anointing get things out. Never forget that, my friend. And that doesn't mean you got to wait till you're perfect. Because you could, because it's dangerous to enjoy a sin without remorse. Now, the fact that you asked this question gives me hope that you're saved, right? It gives me hope that you care about what you do. There's a lot of preachers that don't even care about this sin. And there's that, that proves as evidence of no, not being saved at all. And so what you got to do is tonight talk to God, weep before God and repent. Confess that sin to God and ask, plead with God and by his Holy Spirit to help you. Or renew your mind about that sin. The reason why you enjoy is because somewhere in the framework of your mind, your mind mental settings are off, making you believe that either you can get away with it or it's not that bad. Something in your mental settings is off. So just like uh, with the uh, breaker, if it's in the middle, breakers can uh, break from their own position to cut things off. It's like it's not working. Maybe your breaker switch went off and you got to push that breaker over to God and, and, and allow your mind to be renewed on why you should not love or enjoy this sin. And you, as preachers, we got to repeat the gospel to ourselves to keep ourselves in check by the help of the Holy Spirit. Hotel. Aline Collins says, blessings, coach. Blessings to you too. How do you know when you are ready to date again after being in a season of singleness? You know you're ready to date when your relationship with God is solid. You know you're ready to date when your relationship with God makes you not even think about a relationship with others. That's when you know you're ready to date. Because when your relationship with God is really good and you're like, hey, man, I'm good with or without you, then you know you're ready to date. You know you're ready to date when you are enjoying your singleness. You enjoy your singleness. You are content with it. You enjoy it. And you see the fruit of it. Uh, um, whether a person comes or goes, you still have things that you enjoy about it. While I was single, I still enjoyed my ministry. I enjoyed writing books. I enjoyed it. There was moments where you was like, man, I want to be a marriage, but I enjoyed my single. My single was a gift. It was beautiful. No, another another uh, thing that will prove that you're ready um, to for relationship, when you have practice acknowledgement, when you acknowledge God in all your ways, that's when you know you're ready. When you trust God's decision making. When you acknowledge God in all your ways, you know you're ready for a relationship because you know that you won't just jump in it, into anything. You will just ask you will ask God about any, everything, and that's beneficial. So you know you're ready or ready by God to be ready for a relationship when your relationship with God is so good, man, that 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 you're you're good. Uh, when you when you enjoy your singleness, when you're when you practice acknowledging God and everything, and when you know that you're disciplined. When you know that you personally have developed to the person that you need to be and you know um, that 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 you basically the D is your distributions. You know you're ready to be in, in a relationship and you're ready to move on from your singles when you are able to distribute things. You have great distributions. Like, like you can distribute love. You can distribute joy. You can distribute peace. You can distribute good financial management. You can distribute. You are a great distribution channel that God can distribute through you gifts, blessings, things that will actually benefit the relationship. What can you truly offer? What do you, what can you distribute? 
you can't distribute what you don't have, right? And you know you're ready for the next level when you're okay with being you, when you love you. When you love you, man, and you like you, that means you don't have to try to be like someone else to be loved. You know you're ready for relationship when you are fully in love with yourself and you appreciate how fearfully and wonderfully made you are and you and you and you're just glad to be you. So R E A D Y. You know you're ready to date again when your relationship with God is so solid you don't need no other relationship. When you enjoy your singleness, when you acknowledge God in all your ways, when you are an amazing distribution channel, you have more to offer um, to a relationship than, than your assets, if you know what I'm saying, or, or the, uh, the uh, money that you have in your wallet. And you know you're ready f- to date again when you love you and you protect you and you care about you. And so hope that helped. George, is it by you? I mean me, coach. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, let me go ahead and get off, y'all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. I've been going 30 minutes now. I think that's 30 minutes. I am. My goal is to summer to do it. Of course, I don't know what tomorrow brings, summer brings. But go ahead and send your emails, man. Let me know what coaching services you may need from me. And if Lord willing, if I have the time to be able to do it, uh, we'll we'll get back to coaching. So I got relationship coaching, spiritual development coaching, singleness coaching, purpose development, branding development, all that great coaching resources. And you can get all that information at imunplugged.com. Um, let's see. When I get these kind of questions, I have to ask them. Miguel says, how do I know if I'm called to ministry? Um, Number one, you have to be ministered to. In the ministry of the Holy Spirit on you, you'll begin to develop the burden for ministry. Um, You know that you're called to ministry when you have a strong pull to a certain group of people. Um, Some some ministries are in a fivefold. Some ministries are uh, other facets of it. But you know, if you're called to the ministry, when you hear the phone ring, and you feel this ringing in your soul. And when you answer it, God says, this is what I want you to behold. And this is what I want you to hold. And this is what I want you to do. That's how you know you call, fam. It's a strong unction in your spirit. Um, you have a strong burden. You, either either you are <clears throat> a trap. Okay. If, if let's, I'm going to teach you something about the fivefold ministry. If, it's, if, if, if you're a teacher, the pinky don't really. Well, anyway, we'll start with the thumb. Apostolic ministry. It's called the thumb because it's able to do everything. You're able to teach, you're able to pastor, you're able to evangelize, you're able to be able to prophesy. Apostolic ministry. Those are reserved for however God wants to lead people to operate at that high level. We're not talking about equal to the apostles that walk with God. We're just talking about functioning in an apostolic way where you where you tear down, build up, you go into a place, you change things, cultivate, you do things for God. Apostolic ministry we call. Pointing fingers to profit, it points the way. It speaks to or is oracle of God, it points the way. If you feel like you give strong, precise direction, you confirm things, you got a prophetic ministry, that means that you may be called a prophetic ministry. It points the way. The middle finger is the evangelist because it stretches out the further. So the middle finger is, <laughs> you know what I mean, evangelistic. Evangelists, they stretch is the longest finger in the hand, so it reaches the fathers. And if you call to reach the lost and you're called to go near and far, or whatever, then you may be called to the evangelist ministry. If you love people, love the body, and you and you're just married to you want to be married in a local setting to a body of people, then that means you're pastoral. And the pinky finger is the teacher, not a small role, but it's a little role, but it's not a small role, it's a big role, and you call the teacher. <clears throat> 
And so those, that's if you call to the fivefold. The rest are just based upon if you call it to do, do ministry in business or entrepreneurship, those things uh, will be revealed to you by God. Got to go, y'all. Love y'all. Pray y'all was blessed by this. Make sure you check out my resources like this book called Facts or Feelings, uh, uh, how to process your feelings and find the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose. Great book, great resource there. If you're looking for a book to help process your wholeness ability, to see if you're able to hold the important things in life, great book there, which is a part two of this book, The Purpose of Singleness. So if you want to find the purpose of your singleness and, and, and how to maximize a great resource here, if you have dating questions or you want to become dateable for the love of your life and you want to learn how to date God and date yourself, great book here. Also, the great book, see if you and the person you're dating is on the same page. So you can ask questions to see whether or not the relationship should end or extend. If you're looking, uh, looking to learn more about how to discern and how God confirms things and how to determine if that friend, that guy, that girl, that relationship or job opportunity is a counterfeit or a counterpart. Here's a great book here. If you're looking for a resource to help you untie from soul ties or uproot strongholds, is a great book here, Purpose of Freedom. If you're looking for a book excuse me, uh, to help with children discover the art form, great book here. And if you're looking for a book on spiritual warfare, and how to uh, um, uh, better understand the whole armor of God and how to utilize it. Great book here. We also have merch. All that stuff is on my website, imunplugged.com. And if you're looking to support what I do and you're like, hey, man, I was blessed by this and whatever, whatever. And you want to learn more about your support, you can do that here with the links that I posted here, as well as my website is there as well at imunplugged.com. Love you all. Y'all be blessed. I catch y'all on the flip side. Just don't dip inside of sin. But we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Can't find my eye. All right, peace.